1: Do I have any questions about retirement? Uh...
0: Aging is natural. Getting old is a choice. The new retirement is not retiring.
2: Ninety-three billion dollars.
3: When you're in your twenties and thirties, retirement seems like an abstract concept.
1: My biggest concerns with retirement right now is just starting from zero.
3: Not to mention the idea of saving large sums of money early in your career feels impossible when you're just trying to pay rent. I just don't think I know enough the different terms, the different types of accounts you can have. For most of us who don't have an extensive education in financial planning, we're launched into adulthood without really any information or guide around how to get started.
1: You know, I keep hearing that social security just isn't gonna be a thing.
3: In fact, according to 2020 U.S. Census data, only 49.5% of millennials held some sort of retirement account. That's just barely half. Given the current economy, given inflation, so many different things that we are up against. What's even more telling, 80% of U.S. adults wished that they were required to complete a semester or even a year-long course focused on personal finance education during high school.
4: How much money
5: should I be aiming to have saved?
3: Honestly, that would have been great. And I don't understand why they don't teach us this type of thing in high school, or even as a required gen ed course in college. I'm not really sure what a Roth IRA is. And it's not just planning for retirement. There's all sorts of stuff that we have to figure out on our own once we're thrust into adulthood. What else should we be doing? But today, I say no more. No more living in anxiety over what the future looks like. Today, we are all taking charge of our lives and learning all the secrets and lessons needed to be perfectly functioning and responsible adults. And we're also gonna finally figure out what the hell IRA actually means. Hi, I'm Molly Sosha, and I'm a podcast producer and a mediocre millennial who's trying to do the best she can to figure out how to be a more responsible adult and better human one day at a time. Along with my trusty co-producer and colleague, Matt Stillo.
1: Hey there, fellow works in progress.
3: We're going to learn about all the things we wish they would have taught us in school that might have been way more useful to our everyday lives.
1: I don't want you leaving that money on the
2: table just because nobody could be bothered to explain.
3: So start taking notes because this is Grown Stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult, a show we've created to help you figure out the stuff you're supposed to know once you become a quote-unquote grown-up. Throughout this first season, we're going to talk to some experts who are going to help guide us through things like finding and leasing an apartment, buying a house, car care 101, how to apply and get approved for a credit card, and why you need one. But today, we're gonna be talking specifically about the basics of how to plan for retirement and when you should start. But before we get too far into it, Matt.
1: Yes, Molly?
3: What do you know about retirement plans?
1: Well, I do know that if I could answer that question, we wouldn't be making this podcast so <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I can tell you I know that I want to retire <laughs> I know that I've been lucky enough to work with a few companies that offer 401k plans uh, actually our current employer offers a matching program with our 401k which you know is basically just them offering us free money to help us retire right so I'm definitely taking advantage of that but other than that I'm 33. I would like to retire at a respectable age, but (laughs) am I on track to do that? And if not, how can I course correct? Those are things that I am hoping to find out today.
3: You sound like you have your shit together way more than I do.
1: (laughs) I doubt that very much. But fill me in. I mean, where are you at with retirement?
3: I remember the first time I got a job, my dad started talking to me immediately about saving for retirement and all the different retirement plans I needed to have. But when you start off in media, you do not make a whole lot of money. And I was living in New York City and...
1: Stuff be expensive.
3: <laughs> just trying to pay that rent. And so, God love my dad, I just started to zone out every time he talked about it, which was probably not the best because he's just trying to help <laughs> and make sure <laughs> I'm covered for my future. <laughs> okay, well...
1: No zoning out today because we are joined by a special guest who thankfully knows a heck of a lot more about retirement than we do. I'm Jonah Batista, and
5: I'm an asset and wealth management senior manager.
3: Jonah works for one of the leading international accounting firms, and essentially it's his job to ensure that the financial statements of his clients are accurate.
5: I'm kind of like a referee when management of a company says, we have a bajillion dollars. My job is to audit those financial statements and give assurance to readers of those financial statements that what they're reading is complete and accurate.
3: But what makes Jonah even more apt to help us understand financial planning for retirement is that most of his clients are in the wealth management sector. So oftentimes they're companies or firms that people seek out to set up funds for retirement. I wanted to start with the basics and understand what Jonah sees as the biggest struggles or misconceptions around retirement planning and figure out how much we actually need saved away before we retire. How do you think about retirement plans from your line of work?
5: When I come across friends, family, just anyone who's generally interested in personal finance, I always try to stress the importance of planning for retirement. And the main reason, the punchline, is no one is going to loan you money for retirement because they know (laughs) they'll never get that money back, (laughs) right? Like, you can get a loan for a car, a house, school, home improvements, you name it. But it's a scary thing to think and acknowledge that no one's going to fund your retirement, The government will give you social security, but at the end of the day, it's not going to cover your expenses.
3: What do you think are some of the biggest points of confusion that you notice either talking to your friends or your family about retirement and retirement planning?
5: There's confusion and or misunderstanding of how important time is in the accumulation of wealth. If you have a billion dollars and you start investing when you're in your 20s and you're not gonna need this money until you retire, you're gonna have a ton of money. And you would say, well, that's easy. You started with a million dollars. So everyone kinda is just like, well, the biggest input to having a successful retirement is having a lot of money to begin with. And that's not true. What is true is the amount of time you give yourself to invest for retirement. For example, if you saved 100 to $200 a month when you were like 22, and you just do that all the way up until you retire, you would have millions of dollars in retirement. To get that same amount of money, if you start that at 45, you need to be saving maybe close to $1,000 or more a month. Wow. So time is, is a big misunderstood input to retirement. Even if it's a little bit of money, just start.
3: Right. Yeah.
5: To the extent you can do that. Don't put that on until you're in your forties or or even later in some people's cases, it becomes a snowball. That's very, very hard to get on top of if you're waiting too long.
3: So let's break it down to like the most basic level of things. Like what is a retirement account And how is it different from like a traditional savings account that we might all already have at a bank?
5: There's different kinds of retirement accounts, but Mm -hmm. the general thing with these retirement accounts is they have tax advantages. So for example, you can draw on these accounts once you hit a certain age and not pay any taxes or pay lower taxes than what you would have to pay when you are investing through a regular brokerage account. So, for example, a lot of people have company-sponsored 401k accounts. That's a type of retirement account. Mm -hmm. You could have an individual retirement account, an IRA. You could have a Roth IRA. There are various different retirement accounts, but the punchline on on those is there are tax advantages that you want to take advantage of. And so you want to maximize the potential of those types of accounts
3: Roth IRA to me sounds so similar to what a lot of traditional savings accounts are, right? Like we take money that we've already been taxed on, so it's ours. So what is truly the difference between a Roth IRA and say your savings account at your bank?
5: So when you go to a bank, you open up a checking account or a savings account, right? That's really just to park your money. So you're not gonna really earn anything significant by parking your money there. Mm -hmm. So then the next type of account is a taxable account, also known as a brokerage account. So that's where you would take the money in your checking account or your savings account, you transfer it to a brokerage account, and in there you can start buying stocks and bonds. However, that account is structured differently than a retirement account. So a Roth IRA, an IRA, a 401k, these types of retirement accounts are structured to benefit later on in life where you can draw on them in retirement and not pay taxes, or at least not pay as high of a tax. So let's say you open up a taxable account and then you also open up a Roth IRA and you buy the same stocks in both. Let's say it's 100,000 bucks in these accounts and I'm 65. I can pull out that 100K through my Roth IRA And I'd get 100K in my checking account. Right. If I pulled that 100K out from my taxable account, it would be 100K minus whatever tax bracket I'm in that year. So it would be maybe 75,000. So they serve different purposes, those types of accounts.
3: Is there an amount or percentage of our paycheck? And I know this depends on this, changes based on how old we are, but on average, that you would recommend a person put away each month?
5: So, if you try to set up a retirement account or work with a financial advisor or anything like that, the first question they're going to say is, Do you have a budget? Mm -hmm. And I think most people don't. (laughs) And so, going back to what I was saying earlier, where one of the main inputs is time right? To retirement. The second input is having a budget. Mm. And so again, you can do your own research and see where you want to land, but I've found the 50, 30, 20 budget to be the one. What that means is you take 50% of your money. That should be for your needs, like rent, food, things like that. 30% should be your wants. So like entertainment, entertainment, traveling vacations, stuff like that. And then 20% should be your saving. So the 50, 30, 20 budget is considered to be pretty frugal. So what I did and what I tell you know anyone that's interested in this kind of stuff is I actually flipped my 30 and my 20. So I went super frugal and I saved 30% and limited my wants to 20%. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a number of years just to get my snowball kind of rolling. So the, I guess the long way to answer your question is people need to create a budget and track their money and see what they actually can do, right? It's easy to say, all right, I'm gonna save 25%. But if you don't know that you can do it, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, So when you set up a budget, you can say, holy crap, like I'm spending so much money on these subscriptions that I forgot I even have. I don't need this. Right. Turns out I can actually save 30%, right? You don't know that stuff until you're going through the process. So long way to answer your question is 15%, I think is probably a base. The higher you go, the better it is. The higher you go, the sooner in life, the less you have to do later in life. It's kind of how it works. Everyone's situation is different. Some people have families earlier in life, so they can't save as much. And that's okay. It's knowing how much you can save and starting the process.
3: Yeah, that's an excellent point. And it kind of perfectly transitions into the next question that I have for you. How much should we have stashed away you know, for retirement? What should be the goal? Like, At what point should we say, okay, I think we can start thinking about this now?
5: The rule of thumb is, you're going to need around 80% of your expenses a year, plus or minus, depending on the, the type of life you want, you want to live. So there are tools out there. Like, for example, I use Vanguard a lot. They have a lot of free investor tools. Every dollar I spend, I throw into like a calculator and it'll say, okay, is this the quality of life you want to maintain? Well, yeah, I love my quality of life right now. So yes, let's do that. Right. Cool. Cool. It spits out a number and says, here's what you're gonna need each year to maintain this quality of life. It factors in medical expenses, it's averages, right? Stuff like that. And then it'll say, okay, so this, here's the number that you're gonna need to retire. And so once you have that figure, you have something to work
1: towards. Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult. We'll be back after a quick break.
0: Learn more at
4: MeaningfulBeauty.com.
1: Welcome back to Grown Up Stuff, How to
3: Adult. Okay, so a retirement account is different from a traditional savings account that you open at a bank because it actually invests your money and grows it, unlike a savings account, which just accrues minimal interest over time. A retirement account is then different from your standard brokerage account that also invests your money because there are various tax benefits associated with the retirement account. But not all retirement accounts are alike. And there are lots of different kinds in which you can put your money, each with its own benefit. According to Jonah, the smartest move is to diversify the types of retirement accounts you have. How does it work once we are retired? Is there a rule on, you know, when you can take money out? Is it a certain amount? Is it a certain age? Like, how does it work?
5: So let's fast forward 28 years from now, and I'm 60. If I follow all of the uh, financial advice that's out there, I would have a handful of different accounts because you have different structures and different advantages. So for example, a Roth IRA, is money I put in, like today, that is post-tax. And so it accumulates until I get to that age limit, and then I can pull it out. And when I pull it out, I pay zero taxes. So I could actually retire early if I wanted to, and I could just live off of that account because I don't have to pay the government. Mm -hmm. So whatever I pull out of that account, I get today, and I can coast until I get to that next age limit that I have to hit for my 401k, So you want to have different accounts for different tax advantages and different timings. Mm. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because, say, you have an accident at work, or you don't want to deal with the stress or family issues, and you just can't do that job. Okay, but then I can't tap my 401k because I haven't hit that age requirement yet. So I get penalized when I pull money out. Mm -hmm. So you want different types of retirement accounts for a tax diversification, but B, it gives you more flexibility, which really equates to more financial freedom when you get closer to that retirement age.
3: I think this is something really important because to be honest, like this is something that I have never thought about. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening are like, well, I have my 401k through work and that's all I need. This is a great recommendation is that they should probably start also investing on the side in like an IRA is what you're saying. Exactly. What do you recommend when we do leave a job where we have a 401k or a 403b and we start a new job at a different company with a 401k account? How do we go about making sure we don't lose track of that money that we already started with?
5: So first of all, that is your money. (laughs) You don't want to lose track of it. So there's a couple of options that you have. You have option one, which is leaving it with your now former employer. Option two is you can roll it over. Let's say you have a new employer. They also offer you a 401k or whatever it is. Option three would be to roll it over into your own IRA. So you might have one that already exists or you might uh, open up a new one. So those are the three options. The biggest deciding factor in what to do between those three is What can you invest in? Depending on who the employer is, their program might have a limited selection of investment options. So if you know what you want to invest in, or you have a preference in what you want to invest in, and one of those options gives that to you, then go with that option. I'll give you a real life example. My partner was working and their program was with Fidelity. And then she left that job and got a different job and they work with vanguard and so she came to me and said what what do i do and i looked at the funds that she was invested in at fidelity and then i looked at the funds that she would invest at vanguard and it looked like it was five times more expensive for her to invest in the fidelity funds than the vanguard funds but the return was the same So why pay five times the cost of something to get the same result? So that was an easy one. We rolled over her 401k plan from her old employer to her new employer. If her new employer didn't have one or her new employer had a worse option, then the third option would have maybe made sense, which was to just open up her own IRA and then roll it over there. Mm -hmm. And so if your old employer is giving you an option to invest in some pretty mediocre funds that get a decent return, but they have a really high cost, like a high management fee. Mm -hmm. Why do that when you can go to the new employer account where the returns are higher and the cost is lower? And so again, it's a no brainer. The, The difference is that It's not convenient, right? You gotta you gotta put some (laughs) you
3: gotta do your homework.
5: You gotta put yeah, you gotta put some legwork into operationally moving the money around. But when you know you're gonna save five times cost, I think you'd be pretty stoked about
3: it. You mentioned that there's a penalty with taking things out of your 401k early. Are there any other extenuating circumstances in any of these retirement or, you know, these types of funds that allow you to take out your money early? Like, for example, say, buying a house.
5: Short answer is yes. And the reason is you want the ability to draw an account at different times in your life. For example, you come to a point where you want to buy a house. And you may say, oh... I've just put so much money into my retirement accounts and I can't touch them. Well, that's not entirely true, depending on the type of account and the structure of it, you may have some advantages and a Roth IRA is an example of one because any money you put in as a contribution, you can pull that out tax-free and it makes sense, right? Because that money you put in, you already paid taxes to begin with, right? They can't be double taxing you, right? So... As long as you're only pulling out what you put in, Mm -hmm. that's your cash. So there's a down payment and any of the earnings or the dividends or interest that you received over those 10 years, don't touch it. Leave it in the account. And that's also accumulating for retirement. So you don't get penalized in that case. Mm -hmm. Whereas let's say you're one of those people who only has a 401k. Well, if you only have a 401k and you come along this path and you're like, oh, I need money for a down payment. Mm -hmm. Well, you're gonna be in a bit of a tough situation because if that's your only source of money, you need to take money out before the age limit and you get a 10% penalty tax on top
3: of the taxes you're gonna pay on it already. Jonah this has been so enlightening and incredibly helpful but before I let you go do you have any final parting wisdom about retirement planning or even just how we should be thinking about planning for our financial future
5: if you try to do financial things based on convenience I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it because it's because it's it's when you put the legwork in you differentiate yourself Personal finance, because it's not very tangible and it's so far into the future, people kind of don't bother with it. I'll give you an example. Vanguard, you can give them your budget, how much you plan to save, and they run that through 10,000 different market scenarios. So it's pretty good. And it'll tell you, like, here's what you're going to have in this year and this year and this year and this year. And I've, I've been using them for like 10 years now, and they're pretty close. If I look back to each of these last 10 years... They were very, very good at forecasting where we were gonna be. I can look 30 years down the road and see where I'm gonna be. I mean, that, that's like, that's empowering.
3: Okay, so here are some of the major takeaways that we have learned today. First, start early. It's gonna help you in the long run. And even if you start with just a small amount that you're putting away for retirement every day in your 20s, it's gonna mean that there's a lot less you have to do later on in life in your 40s, 50s, and even 60s. So even if it's a small amount, start now. We also learned that we wanna diversify. It's super important to have more than one type of retirement account. So even if you already have a 401k set up with your company, consider opening a Roth IRA, which has different tax benefits. We also learned about matching, and that's when your company basically gives you free money to retire. So if you have a matching program for your 401k, make sure you're taking advantage of it. Don't leave that money on the table. And finally, do your homework and make sure you're setting up a budget. Seek out free financial planning tools. Those are a great way to start figuring out how much you should be saving now. Well, that's all for today's episode.
1: Join us again in two weeks as we continue our journey becoming better adults and healthier humans as we learn how you can be the perfect guest at your next wedding.
3: Thank God, because I think I've been doing a lot of things wrong, starting with returning RSVP cards super late and buying things off the registry. Can I do that? I don't know.
1: At least you've been getting people gifts. I've been going around telling my friends that my presence is a present. Have I been an asshole this whole time? We'll find <laughs> out in two weeks on Grown Up Stuff. How to adult.
3: This is a production from iHeartRadio.
1: Our executive producers are Molly Sosha
3: And Matt Stillo. This episode was engineered by Matt Stillo.
1: And written by Molly Sosha. Special thanks to the Ruby team at iHeart, including Ethan Fixell, Rachel Swan Krasnov, Amber Smith, Nikia Swinton, Sierra Kaiser, Sierra Spreen,
4: and Andy Kelly. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.